What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me. This podcast is brought to you by Planet Eclipse, who are the makers of the LVR. Are you kidding me? That thing is awesome. Uh, <laughs> I love shooting that thing. It's just, it's, it's nothing like I've ever shot before. Oh, it's like an LV1, and all those series are awesome. But uh, th- this one I have, which every one I have is special, but this one's, this one's, sick i love shooting these guns um they have done nothing but uh but gone above and beyond what a paintball marker should be and um i have to thank planet eclipse for providing those so uh you can find all those fancy markers along with the cs1 and the csrs over at planeteclipse.com uh this podcast is also sponsored by midwest clothing they have a little deal going on right now where it's um uh, you can have three jerseys, a minimum of three, for $50 made, or uh, a uh, some straps for $15 each with a minimum of five. So that's pretty cool. And th- they'll do all the designing and everything for you. So um, you don't have to sweat making anything like that. They can design it for you. They can go back and forth, get exactly what you like. But um, you can find all that over at MidwestClothingLLC.com. We are also sponsored by Vantrition, who supply me with the paintball preload, the paintball reload. Uh, the preload is a, a a pregame supplement or a pre-workout supplement, and the the reload is like a recovery formula uh, after like an hour after you work out or um, after any matches or anything like that. And I'm also taking the uh, four plate protein from them. Uh, it's been helping me out a ton with, uh, with getting my knee back into shape. So you can find all of their supplements over at vantrition.com. And lastly, we are also sponsored by carbon paintball. Um, I had the opportunity to wear some of their, uh, their under gear, um, or their base layer as they call it. And I've honestly, I, I used to wear, uh, wear knee pads, um, and wasn't really a big fan of the whole unitard under your whole equipment thing, but their, their product takes a cake, man. It's, it's really good. It's really nice fitting. Um, the built-in knee pads do not slide around at all. I know a few of the guys on the team are using them and are extremely happy with them. Uh, they also make a base layer top. They make pants, they make jerseys, they make gloves. Uh, they make nothing but the highest quality and end products. So you can find all that cool stuff over at, uh, carbonpaintball.com. And for Midwest clothing, for Vantrition and for Carbon Paintball, if you type in the promo code capital T-P-O-P, you can get 20% off at Midwest Clothing, 15% off uh, Vantrition, and 15% off also at Carbon Paintball. So just type in that promo code and you'll get that fancy little deal. But uh, thank you to all of my sponsors who support myself and this podcast. Uh, Really, really do appreciate it. Uh, Now, this podcast was brought to you by all those guys but it's uh it involves uh Dan Napoli and he is at Herdat which is uh, a uh, like a social media production company i believe um but uh but he has been involved with paintball in a very for a very very long time and he has uh he's made uh products like the roster series uh which i was fortunately a pr- uh, part of he has also brought to you the artifact series um he just put out a new one called holy grail 
which is follows around Edmonton Impact. Uh, he Dynasty 15. He he his filmmaking I I enjoy so much. It reminds me a lot of like the old Monkey with a Gun stuff. Um, but but Dan does a great job. We had a great conversation, and I I really really enjoyed myself. I love talking to that guy. A lot of insight. If you're a young filmmaker or uh, you like taking pictures or producing anything, he is the guy to go to and look up to. So, uh, without further ado, here is the interview we had, or I had, with uh, with Dan Napley. Hope you guys enjoy it. Mr. Dan Napley. Hi, girl. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for uh, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Dude, thanks for having me. It's, this is cool. This is a little a little uh, role reversal for us. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Okay, yeah, I'm usually sitting on that side, and you're behind the camera. Well, we're behind two cameras, but you know what I mean. We're, I'm <laughs> asking the questions. Normally. Yeah, you're. I remember. Uh, I always had a tough time with uh, with doing interviews and everything. Even though it might not seem like it, I always do. I'm su- I'm always super nervous. But I remember um, this last film we did, the the roster with the uh, aftershock. It's uh, the bitch dropped her eggs, or the bitch dropped the eggs, or what is it? <laughs> is that what it was? <laughs> that whole thing of like the reality TV, like that's, explain that's, what's going on. Yeah, which is which is from which is from Brad, which is shorthand from Brad Mon, who I've worked with forever in X Dynasty was like. Yeah, because it would be, and he would make the cooking show reference. That would be like, you know, pardon the language, but yeah, that would be like, I don't know, you know, if she just keeps working in the kitchen like that, it's just she's gonna spill something and just like she's gonna drop her eggs. Cut to the chick drops her eggs. Cut back to the chick that doesn't <laughs> like her. That's like, bitch, just totally dropped her eggs. Like, and that's just like the mechanism of how we develop those. Uh, yeah, the whole Big Brother filming. Yeah, that's <laughs> so good. Um. But yeah, this is. Uh, I'll also have the little parental advisory thing down there. So if you want to, uh, you know, use adult words sometimes, it's oh, totally fine. Dude, I have such a sailor mouth. It's so terrible. <laughs> so I, I had. A, I just did a podcast with uh, Mike Zapanis. Uh, he actually runs the. He's the host of the Paintball Podcast, and oh, okay. I didn't even realize it. But during the whole show, I drank about like a half a bottle of like red wine, and I was dropping f-bombs all over the place and i was like you made it interesting though nice <laughs> oh that was wrong wrong pipe that happens oh. well just non-alcoholic uh unfortunately as i you know have studio work to do tomorrow <laughs> yeah, fall me. all right dan uh so i yeah i want to jump right into it um I just watched the uh, your I wouldn't call it a short film, but it's pretty much a, a, a documentary. And what was that like an hour and a half long six, documentary? Sixty-four minutes. Um, so it's technically full length. I mean, anything by like you know AIFF Film Festival rules, anything over forty. Sometimes it's twenty, but but definitely everything over forty is technically a full length. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, it was a full. Um, shorter than, than the dynasty film from last year, which was an hour and a half, but yeah, 64 minutes. So, oh yeah. And I forget about the dynasty one. Cause that one was, uh, that one was right there too. Uh, I feel like it just came out, which it did really. Uh, but I, w- with this film, it was almost like, um, 
you know, I, I hate to compare it to uh, Pat stuff because you got you have your own individual style. Pat has his own individual style, but you guys are my generation of films that I've looked up to and I've watched and and I enjoy so much. And I feel like you, how I'm comparing you to him is that you sit down and you make me interested in every single minute that is going on in the film. And I just, I gotta, I gotta tip my hat to you, man, because this one was really, really intriguing. I actually had my wife, she sat down and watched it with me. And at the end of it, she was, I mean, she was right there on the edge of her seat the entire time. And at the end of it, she goes, that was really, really cool. And she knows, you know, some, some paintball stuff, but, uh, but to have somebody like that watch it and be that interested in it, 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 it goes to show, you know, your kind of filmmaking that, uh, that anybody can enjoy it. Thanks, man. Well, God, and you know, any, any breath of Pat, cause it's, it's weird. Like as, as we're kind of Pat's generation, but also like, you know, I mean, he was a bit of a mentor and a huge, you know, person I looked up to and still to this day, love him to death, gave me, gave me my first break working in paintball film at all. Um, let me, you know, be the music super, supervisor on push. So any, any being, you know, mentioned in the same breath, it's weird though, man, like, uh, so that's, that's, uh, that's the second reference with Pat at, at this film. Um, I don't know if you remember guy, John Battistini, good friend of mine used to run understood like a little clothing company from the East coast. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, John's like I me, mean, like he works at, uh, ad agency professionally. And he was talking about how like they're both cool and, and, but, but different like Pat's are like much more surf art and, and, um, you know, our stuff is a lot more feels like sports film. Um, 30 for 30 ask. And, and what we thought was interesting, what came up is part of it is the paintball so different in mm-hmm. 10 years. Like I couldn't make a film like Pat did one, because obviously, like you said, like, I'm just not him. Like we're very different director, you know? Um, but like the, the game, the game doesn't look or play like that anymore. It plays, I feel like, and it certainly films a lot less like that real creative, and I'm already bouncing all over the place here, man. But that's, oh, that's right. why you're one of my favorite guys in the film. But but the the reality is there's not a lot of guys who look that different. And so and I'm and I'm not being negative. I'm certainly not knocking how the game is now. But that makes it more yeah. like sports. Like you know, if you're doing a film on the you know an NFL films thing or a thirty for thirty, you know, there's very few like this guy is a revolutionary looking right tackle. Like no. <laughs> Uh, dude, like you know, there's seven, there's six or there's six or eight key techniques. You know, they they practice them. They're the best in the world at what they do, and they, they kind of go that route. But when you talk about like surf films or skate films, uh, you know, all of those folks that have um, those really distinct styles, and then you 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 pull that into the film. And and so we were talking about. I, I think what it was is John was traveling and maybe pulled up like serial killers or maybe even like Sunday drivers mm-hmm. while on the road and then also uh holy grail came out at that same time so he watched them both and then like he called me up about it so we just kind of had that that conversation but um, yeah that's cool that tiff dug it i mean as like a i think when you become like a legit filmmaker and a storyteller what you try to do is make sure it lives on multiple levels right so that like you know your wife knows paintball, but she doesn't need a paintball IQ of 5,000 to watch it and understand yeah. 
what is going on and what it just it just becomes it just becomes story. And then some of the cool thing just to hear her reaction to it is, you know, we all know impact wins that. But she maybe doesn't or like somebody coming to it. I mean, so so they are maybe holding on like sometimes I think we can get a little too close to it. Mm. Um, and have some of that, you know, I was like, oh, I don't know, like if we should do a film. I mean, you know, the webcast is done. Like people know who won. Like, yeah, but like there's a lot of story that goes into that. And yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of different things that, that she can cover. So that that's cool, man. It's, I, I appreciate her hearing that she, you know, she dug it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's because, uh, you know, it's not just sitting watching the the webcast and, and you know, not knocking Todd or uh, or Maddie but I mean that's really all they're doing is just commentating of what's going on you know listing action and and you know well, commentating what's going on I'm guessing man yeah I, you know you, you got to remember man half the time Matt I had a conversation with Matt like this is anybody who doesn't think Matt and Todd are geniuses are out of their mind Matt mm-hmm. had to break down to me okay so you have to remember especially now um, they're not elevated anymore, right? Yeah. So they can't really see. Um, I know they ran Vegas a little bit different, but like we were talking about Cup, like Cup, you know, they didn't have a lot of D side coverage. Yeah. So they're doing like quick math in their head as to like, okay, this guy's alive. What, whatever analogy, like uh, um, Suras is alive and shooting this way. And if he's doing that, that probably means Moorhead is alive too. So they're just making these, but they can't actually see. Yeah. As opposed to like, you know, the NFL, you've got built in monitors, they've got producers, they've got guys in their ears, they've got like billions you know, of dollars. Yeah, fee <laughs> yeah. All, all the all these resources. Um but yeah, so so that makes it challenging. But I, I could see too that something like um the, the the live cast of it is a little bit more for somebody who's who's probably like, you know, a a, a big fan and knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, where films, you know, documentary films and like what we do or, or, or Pat or any of those guys are hopefully a little bit more accept, accessible to somebody who's a pretty casual fan. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think for us, for the ones who are the casual fans, I think that you're almost, you know, I, I lived the moments that they had that you, that you put on a film. I lived a different version. Right. So so I lived that version. And, and you almost manipulated in a way to where I feel like I lived that moment. And I think that's what's in, in entrancing in the film. So, yeah, yeah, I think I think it's really cool um, the the way you did that, and just the the the, the videography and the shots and everything. I I love it, man. It, you make me want to film too. And, oh, <laughs> yeah, I I love it. I've been I've been messing around a little bit with um uh, with my uh, with my new camera and everything, and I really. Uh, I just like that style. I don't really. I'm not a big fan of like the, the slow mo. I like the slow motion, but I don't like the slow motion with like dubstep and like this whole, you know, HK kind of craziness. But I, I like the the artsy fartsy like story plus uh, great scenes and that's. I mean, that's what I like. Just just personally. Yeah, it's a different. I mean, what what I don't personally like. I don't think that there's enough um, individuality. Like when Cassidy did it, it was rad because yeah. um, 
And not knocking, yeah, not knocking him. I'm not, I'm not, because no, that's a whole no, different art. I like the art style, but it's no, just, no, it gets old. Yeah. yeah. But what's cool about it is nobody was doing that. Exactly. And, and in a way, and I, I preface this by saying, you know, Cassie and I are good friends and stuff, but mm-hmm. which is great. He was kind of saying like, fuck you to the guys like me and Pat and Dirt or Rob who are making things a certain way. Like, well, I don't, I don't see and feel and hear the game this way. This is what it feels like to me. And that's really cool and that's exciting. And, and um, what just as like a paintball fan, what gives you the best experience is if you had a bunch of people, you know, expressing themselves in a genuine way like that. Like Pat and I are of a similar age, pretty close and from background. So so we have some, some crossover stuff like that. Yeah. And that kind of cinematic dynamic, like I'm a story guy. You know, that that's where I, I come from. So, yeah, I mean, it does get kind of bummer that it was like that just became like because, of course, that HK stuff was was so unique when it first came out and it was wildly successful. Yeah, super popular. Um, But then what you get is like, oh, well, I guess that's what my paintball video has to be. That's the norm now. Yeah. Yeah. Where, you know, insert like rare beat drop slow. Yeah. And and you just kind of put it in now. I mean, um, so I, I'd like to see more people doing things kind of really from like their own point of view. I think that that would be, a, um, you know, I don't know. I think that that would just be really cool. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, I, and I don't want it to sound like I'm knocking that kind of film filmmaking, but it's, um, you know, if we, if that didn't come along, uh, it's just the same thing. Like anybody making new music or, or making new movies, everybody has their own vision and their own in their own way. Um, yeah. So it, some it's just like with music. So some people make music and they enjoy it this way. Some people think it's terrible, but they like oh this this other music, which other people think is terrible. So yeah, it's, it's just it's everybody's personal opinion. I'm a big buffet theory type guy, right? Like you get the best, you get the best meal when you can get the sample of like all this different stuff, right? And it's something I, I always remember from a really old documentary. I can't remember what it was about. I think kind of the fall of the music industry, but um, Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails had the quote where he's like, yeah, birthday cake for every meal sounds like a good idea. But if you do it, you'll get a tummy <laughs> in a really sarcastic. So it is that kind of like, like that style, hyper visual. Mm-hmm. really really visual which is super rad not a lot of story to it but a very very visceral visual experience which is awesome yeah. that's a great thing to have on you know uh the paintball sports film buffet right but but you need somebody you need some stories you need some mm-hmm. like to run that out and to have some kind of so you can kind of have that complete um and i just think it gets it gets boring if everybody's trying to do, um, only trying to do that one part of the buffet. It's like, all right, dude, like there's a different, and you know, there's so much stuff that you can explore with, with story. Um, and I think that that's what we've tried to do over the years with, with different things. Even like, you know, when we were doing the roster with you guys, which even was a different story of the roster with X Factor mm-hmm. the year before you know, from a different angle, like for, for you guys in that year with shock, it's like, can they, you know, can these 10 guys actually survive a season? Yeah. Um, cause it's always kind of ride or die on that edge. And that was kind of the story in that one. The X factor one was a little bit more of, okay, they're going to pick up these guys 
And then at the time, you know, they picked up a couple guys to be back on the practice squad to stick around. And then a little bit of like, okay, well, what will happen through the course of the season? A little bit more of that uh, taken true from that like hard knocks inspiration of like, is somebody sent down? Is somebody going to get called up? What's that going to kind of happen? So I don't know, man. Yeah, I'm I'm a story guy. I think that that's um, a lot of times the best the best shit happens. It's a, it's a Chris Dilt saying like the real story happens away from, from the net. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know, man, we kind of try to, I don't know. That's, that's the stuff that kind of appeals to me more, more than the basic, like see and spit say, it's like, well, like I got to the God. And so I was shooting the guy from here. And then he was like, eh, you know, yeah. um, I don't know. You know, again, that has its place, but like, it depends you know, I, on what you what your what your end goal is, what you're trying to tell, right? What you're trying right. to get across, yeah. and probably as a fan, even like what you're in the mood for, right? Mm-hmm. At that particular time, like you know, as a viewer, like sometimes that's, that's sort of what you're into. I'm always much more interested in what is driving somebody. What you know what I mean? What, yeah. What's driving somebody to do something? What? Because um, the thing I think with impact that is really interesting, and if you look historically speaking. Um, you know, and we, we kind of talk about it in the film. When they blew that three-point lead, I think it was three, um, and lost to X-Factor at that World Cup in 2013, mm-hmm. most teams don't usually recover from that. Yeah. Like, what typically happens is, like, the party's over. I mean, I mean you had gone through with Excessive or Avalanche, like, those different kind of, like, it, you know, the band is fucking broken up, somebody's going to kind of go, Yeah. franchise keeps going. It's pretty rare um, that somebody rebounds from that and actually becomes even more successful um, than they had been sort of sort of previously. I thought that is, and so you know how that happens and where that resolve comes from for me as a storyteller, like you know, I find that really interesting. Again, much more than we battled heat to a six-five like. Right, you, you know, a play-by-play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to, I want to, or we will dive into the uh, the impact, the Holy Grail film, um, in a little bit. But I kind of want to redirect it back at you and and kind of see where did you where did you start out at? Did you did you start um, like with pictures first and kind of slowly jumped into uh, shooting film? Or did you kind of just fall into it, or was there an opportunity present and you kind of jumped on it? How did you how did you kind of get started uh, making making film? Um, so I'm kind of a, a, an odd progression in that, like, I, I technically I guess I started in the executive seat and went and went down the rung. Like most of the times, really in production, you start at the bot in in the bottom of like whatever. You start as a grip, and then you become a camera person. And then you become a director of photography and then maybe you become a director and then you become a writer and a producer. I went the other way. Uh, I, w- I went to production school. Um, I, went to, I went to journalism school and I had a sports marketing minor. Started working in paintball on the on, you know, on that side of it. Mm. Uh, you know, the market, the marketing side of it at, at Warp Sports. And then so started developing video content. Um because Ed Portman, who owned Warp Sports, and, and Avalanche, who was, you know, 
the rock star team of the of the late 90s like saw all the value in that stuff everything else going on with skate so i started developing titles for us projects and kind of running it like almost like a studio head like i was a producer mm-hmm. uh, so we um but the, like the very first thing i did that i mentioned earlier was um when pat and brian benini were putting all their funding together for push Warped was like involved in that, and I had just started. Man, I was like six months out of school, maybe working for Ed yeah. out of college. And he was like, "Hey, like you guys got to talk to there. There's a kid. There's a kid working for me who's like knows a bunch of music people. You should talk to him." Um, and so I talked to Pat, and it was weird because I mean, at the time, Pat had way more experience than me. He just was too busy to go through that process. <laughs> yeah, but um, they put me on as the music supervisor. Um, so you're in charge of, and I always want to be clear about this, that like, like I basically did a lot of the dirty work mm. and I got a couple like Pat, like, I think these guys should really be in there. But like 90% of that film, like those are Pat's music choices. What I'm doing is sourcing all the shit for him. Like I'm pulling a, Hey, have you heard of this band? Like, well, what about this? Or him figuring out of like, I love the promise ring. All right, fuck. What label are they on? Okay. Like. We need to go through, we need to call the head of the label. We yeah. need to, can we get, but, but like I learned a ton. Um, so I started there and then, then the next thing that we had was, um, at the height of Avalanche's, um, popularity around like 2000, we did like a Tony Hawk style trick tip, trick tip video, mm-hmm. Avalanche 101. Um, and I wrote and produced that. Um, and that's how I met Brad Mon. Um, in kind of a contentious meeting originally, which you can go back to, which is hilarious. Um, not like not too contentious because he, you know, he's like three times my size. It's, you know, Brad's like six four, and I'm like five. Six, um, and then from there, we started doing um, a video magazine for for Warped that I was writing and producing, making with Brad. And so, Christ, was that Jawbreaker? That was Jawbreaker. Yeah. Uh, and this is how old. Oh my God, this is how old I am slash how far back that was. We traded fucking tapes, dude. Brad would output a VHS to me with like the rough cut and I would pop it in. And then as the producer, I would, I would go and I would make my edit notes. Like, ah, the scene's like too long. Like I like when Matt talks about this, but like, mm, and, yeah. and then I was writing all the, all the music for that. And then, so it wasn't until 2006 that I stepped in Um, I had left Warped and then I had launched my own production company um, and had stepped into the role of like, okay, now I'm going to actually start directing and editing myself and start filming. um, Hands on. Yeah, hands on. Um, Because when I was at Warped, that was one component of many things I was doing as like the marketing director with them in Avalanche. Mm -hmm. But when I went off on my own full time, like, that's all I was doing was the video stuff yeah. and it's all indie work. So it's not enough where you don't have like five people on staff where all they do is produce like at a normal studio or like a normal agency. So any of those guys like, like, you know, Pat or like, you know, Dirt Rob and Matt Hurdle when they started out, like you might have one guy that like Rob's like, all right, you I'll edit more cause I'm faster. You shoot, but you don't have this structure where it's like, okay, like you just write stuff and then somebody else goes and executes it. Mm-hmm. Or you be a producer and like you don't, you, I mean, it's it's too lean. You have to actually be up in the mix. 
And so, you know, I did go to journalism school. I didn't go to film school, but I went to production school. So um, it was like, okay, well, you know, I've messed with this stuff in, in college. And now I've been working in paintball for, at that point, seven years. And I've produced a bunch of stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's time to hold the camera and get her done. Yeah. And, and get <laughs> um, I started, I started editing probably before I was shooting because honestly, our, our guys were so good. I was like, fuck, if I know Brad and Sammy are shooting, mm-hmm. um, now I just don't have to fuck up the edit. <laughs> I know, I know it's in there. Like yeah. footage is good. And then you just continually get into, and then, you know, um, after doing that, started working outside of paintball a bunch too. And so, you know, now I do a little bit of it all, but I never, I never consider myself that strong of a shooter. Like that's probably not my, um, of all the things I do, that's probably not one of the things I do the best. I, 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 I'm adequate. I'm functional. Like I get it done, but, um, editing and writing and, and stuff like that is more, um, probably the things I would say I'm, I'm better at. And then, um, you know, I can manage exposure. (laughs) That's nice. Nice. Now, um, going back to when you talked about working for, uh, Ed Poorman, when you got out of school, how did you come across that and come across, uh, paintball? So I actually came across paintball when I was in college. Um, I think kind of like a lot of people my age, um, so I was a freshman in college in 1994. Um, that is when Major League Baseball went on strike unexpectedly. And at the time, ESPN was like pooping themselves because they lost. I think Major League Baseball was giving them something like, I don't know, like 18 hours of content a week. And anybody who works in production, that is a shitload to have to make up. Oh, yeah. So was came about, you know, because ESPN was putting anything that resembled a sport on television. And so a lot of people remember the the 94, um, or it may have been 95, one of those two years. Sorry, just if somebody's out there correcting me, you know, be like, no, dude, it was, it's either. I don't have a stat checker yet. So you're okay. good. You're in the clear. <laughs> um, but the, the World Cups were aired on TV. Um, and they look terrible when you go back and think about it. I don't know why. I mean, it's 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 Jerry Braun who looks like a golfer talking to the ESPN guy out in like a meadow somewhere. But this is 1994. X Games culture is kind of starting to explode a bit. And, and mm-hmm. so everybody's kind of coming from that skate, surf, being interested in alternative stuff. And, you know, I was in a fraternity in college. Like every fraternity in college at that time period, what you did was – um, of course, no internet, cell phones, old dudes. So you so I could have the TV on and you had Sports Center on 24-7. You had ESPN on. And so when you walked through the lounge and in between classes, you sit down with a couple buddies and you just kind of start watching stuff. And paintball was on. Mm-hmm. And more more guys would wonder, like, what the fuck is this? This is amazing. Like, you're licking at this. And then somebody got up and went to the yellow pages and was like, holy shit, dude. There's, a, there's one of these here in town. We should go. Um, and this is a small college town in Western Nebraska. So probably didn't think so the, the dude that's in charge of activities like that for fraternity, he calls up and he books a big group. Well, it's Ed Poorman's place. Uh, nice. Um, Rocky is working there. LaSoya is working there at the time. Another great dude and early kind of avalanche founder guy, Mike Bennett. So, um, we go play and then, 
Um, I also was working at a record store, and Ed's wife, Mary, who's an amazing lady, super sweetheart, um, they were big punk music fans, especially Mary. Um, so they would come in, and then Ed was starting to be one of those guys, kind of like Rennick as well, that sort of figured out at that time period is like, hey, it's not as much, um, it's not maybe just the paramilitary, like, you know, bigger fat dudes, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, guys with pink hair who skateboard and fucking bungee dump and all this, are they're gonna, they're gonna like this stuff. So he kind of started, yeah. uh, you know, he turned his, uh, regular paintball place into warp sports where they started carrying and mixing all that skate culture, music, clothing and, and paintball. And, you know, that all kind of had took off. Uh, Warped really started blowing up right when I was finishing up school. Um, I worked there my last semester. The record store I worked at went out of business. So, um, you know, and I was a working class kid, so I needed a job while I was in school. And I started to make a bunch of music connections and I didn't want to lose them. So I was like, hey, dude, like, why don't you let me run like a little tiny music section at your Warped Sports store? He was like, oh, yeah, cool. Um, Ed's cool for stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And and so that that's kind of how like I got into paintball and then kind of got into that. And then, you know, with my production background, Ed was interested in that. And, and uh, you know, that because, of course, they were carrying skate videos in the shop and, and all that kind of stuff like that. So mm-hmm. everything happens for a reason. That's what they say, right? <laughs> so. So you go through and you go through and you're uh, you're on push and you meet Pat, you meet uh, Brad. Now, at what point do you get involved with uh, with Planet Eclipse? So, um, probably like oh four oh five. So when we when we started doing Jawbreaker um, and we were doing it under Warp's banner, Planet uh, bought ads in it, and and they had bought a couple from Warp's. Um, I went out on my own. Um, and, and I kind of took Jawbreaker on my own um, after three episodes. Um, the first three were under Warp Sync. Warp just had a lot of irons in the fire, mm-hmm. couldn't fund everything. Um, and, like, you know, it was cool, but, like, it wasn't a super high priority for Ed. He had other things to worry about. And I was like, well, dude, I'm, you know, it's kind of my baby. I'm really into this. Yeah. I'd like to, be able to do it on our own. He's like, yeah, man, let's go, go right ahead. That's fine. Um, we ultimately figured out. Um, and so, you know, again, for everybody who's listening that's super young, like, no internet, you're selling DVDs, man. People are buying plastic to put in their, you know, players so you can watch it. Physical uh, physical songs. Physical, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, we're like, shit, dude, this is really hard. Not, not the making it part of it, but, like, who's going to call up all of these paintball stores and eight here, 12 here, you know, on the big ones, you're like, oh, uh, 200. Yay, woo Yeah. But it was clear, like, we needed a distributor. Like, what would make sense, of course, and that's what Warp was doing before. It was like, oh, well, somebody who's selling paintball stuff that already has this. Um, Planet was an advertiser. Jacko had always shown, um, like, really good support for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know the English guys roll well at, at, at first, but so it kind of, it kind of grew out of that. And then turned out they really got it once I met Leds and Julian because they were snowboard mountain bike guys themselves. So what we were trying to do with Jawbreaker, like, was it foreign to them? Cause I yeah. think people don't maybe quite understand 
there still was kind of a pretty big intellectual revolution in the early 2000s of, of paintball, of people getting it and not getting it, if you will. You know, if you're our age and you're coming from a skate surf background and like all of this stuff made sense, but, but people who had been in the industry for a long time and then this was just like foreign, even, you know, to the stuff's Pat said, wait, you're going to pay and you're going to do a movie. What What are you talking about? You know, like what doing a video magazine? What the hell is that? Like, you know, and you're like, Oh, it's like four one one. And they're like, what information you call information? Like, no, (laughs) Um, so, but planet wasn't like that planet was one of those people who right off were like, Oh yeah. And it was right as the company was growing. Um, and they always kind of started making offhanded references to like, man, one of these days you should do a jawbreaker. That's just all about us. We've got a big enough product line. We've got a big enough stable. Um, and then just the changing, uh, landscape, you were starting to see video become more and more like a large part of marketing mm-hmm. and this whole like branded content was starting to rise up around, you know, oh, oh, five, six, and even skate industry changed. They stopped selling their titles and started doing a lot more like, you know, you buy a new pair of Osiris shoes and the new film is packaged with it yeah. or they're hanging it. And, um, so that's what transitioned into doing jawbreaker with eclipse and then ultimately, starting to do Eclipse's own video content. Gotcha. Yeah, and I I remember uh, when that whole transition started happening and, and started seeing a lot more uh, Eclipse ads and then videos and then, uh, and then I started getting involved with Eclipse and started getting in behind the scenes stuff and, and meeting you. And, you know, I, I'm kind of embarrassed, but I cannot remember the first time I met you. I don't know if you remember... I don't know if it was on a shoot or if... I I met you for two seconds at an event. Matt Marshall introduced us. And Matt all Matt said was that kid is gonna be the next Thomas Taylor, only better. He's really good at paintball. Like, hey man, what's up, dude? And and you know, Maddie too, I'm sure there was something like he's a Midwest guy. I think he's like Ohio. That's like your neighbors, right? Because you know, Matt's from San Diego. Yeah. The entire Midwest. Oh just... yeah, all West Coasters think the Midwest is all one big state, and we could just walk to each other's houses. You guys, it might be in the same neighborhood, like, dude, <laughs> like eleven hours from me. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, but um, yeah, the, I don't remember what event that was, but I do remember, and it, it definitely was at the height of excesses. You know, you, there was there was two full teams. Um, there was the whole, it just, it just was sort of in passing. Um, but I do, I, yeah, I remember cause you know, anytime Maddie says something like that, you're like, okay, well shit, I better pay attention. Yeah. Well, thank you, Maddie. If you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I don't think it was though until like Oh seven when I got on to avalanche and yeah. playing for Ed and everything is I, I think when I kind of started and working more with eclipse is when when you and I started becoming uh, better friends and knowing each other a little bit more. Yeah. I think that stuff all happened at the same time, man. Like, like, like eclipse because eclipse launched the ego in Oh five yeah. commander's cup in San Diego, which was like November. And then Oh six, I went out on my own as an agency. Um, Ed moved, Ed built his third version of avalanche, which was that team with like you until Jack and Westerberg and Mayo um, and moved it over to Eclipse. Eclipse started expanding. Remember the crazy posters they had? 
with like guys they had like I always remember it was Eric Westerberg had um like the light beams. <laughs> like Yeah, I remember that now. They, they said they got in so much like so much grief, like certain uh I can't remember which one, certain tournaments didn't want them to put them up because they were so like offensive or like really? whatever. Yeah. I didn't I know that. Yeah, they thought it was scary and that it would be like I thought it was just cool. He's got like oh he's basically. like biting the barrel, right? You're like he's yeah. like I'm gonna shut my door real quick. I'm sorry, man. No, you're no, you're fine. No, but my dog just snuck in here. <laughs> Anyone's uh, welcome. How you doing, Max? Yeah, man, so I think that would be the first and I remember um it was like, Oh wow, holy shit, they got Carl from excessive. Okay. And then yeah, we we started coming covering Avalanche because the first thing we did that year was a very skate inspired like team dvd at the end of the year um which was still to me mind-blowing and it really didn't get um like i don't know why people didn't pick up on it forever like i remember not to jump you know i remember when uh what was that two or three years ago like finally brands figured it out like people hired cena and then they hired like kakuza mm. and then remember somebody asking me like oh like how do you feel about that i was like it's great how do i feel about it is like what took everybody so fucking long <laughs> like it's 2011 like you should have somebody doing video because again dude like we're you know we're you come from being a skate guy that's just standard you have your writers you're gonna make a video at the end mm-hmm. that features everybody kind of doing their thing so you know we we put that out in probably like oh six or so seven yeah and i think the first um and then we quickly transitioned into if you remember itunes was doing video podcasts at the time yes etv right tv dude yeah, yeah. and and we <laughs> ran that for probably about three years um that we were doing those etv episodes um and remember the big one was like you guys and um you guys in uh, x factor mm-hmm. playing in the finals at hb yeah and we did this huge thing of like following Man, you guys were a great. You, did you guys ever win a tournament? Dude, I have never won a seven-man tournament. I have so many second places. I yeah, dude, it kills me to this day. Like, I have I have all my medals over there, and I have. Well, I, I, no, hang on. Let me clarify. I've never won a seven-man pro. Tournament yeah, yeah, yeah. Because with Excess Energy or New York Energy, we won. Um, I think it was. Uh, San Diego. No, it was Miami. The Miami Seven Man event, and we won a pro spot in right. two thousand. I think it was six, five yeah. or six, something like that. And that's the only Seven Man that I've ever won. But I've never won a pro Seven Man. I think. I think I have two, two or three second places at Seven Man with Avalanche against. That was good. That was a good team, man. That was that was a solid paintball team. If yeah, I I mean I can't believe. How I mean, and we were all kids too. How young we all were, and I think I thought we worked so well together. And uh, you know, having Danny and Brandon and and uh, Ravath, yeah, um, Andy, Adam Geis, we had Roger Hen, um, uh, Drew Templeton played on the. Se- and we had a seven man team that was gnarly too. Yeah. Won a World Cup with them, and you know, it was really we had a really good few years with that team. Um, I, I enjoyed myself. I know that was some of the most fun I've ever had playing paintball. Yeah. That was a fun paintball team to shoot. That was mm-hmm. that was a fun team to cover. We were all quick and just 
We didn't give a shit. It was awesome. Yeah. A bunch of Midwest yeah. kids. For the most part, except for Brandon. He's out of – well, it's Midwest, I guess. South. Yeah, that's – yeah, what, what is that? Continental South area. That, but there's a – I don't know. There, there's, there's kind of like a, there's still enough of a grinder blue collar kind of mentality there. Like, mm. yeah, it was, oh. that, was, that was a fun team, man. I love those jerseys. I love those avalanche. The new jerseys. blood ones. Yeah. Yeah. With the red and the, and the, uh, like, uh, what would you call it? Like beige or like the, the mellow gold. Looks. Yeah. Like a mustardy gold. Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. are sick. So, now coming up, uh, you do not work, or I don't want to say you don't work for Planet, um, but you like contract out the Planet, right? Semi sort of, and that, but you actually work for a company called Herdat. Yes. So I've I've never been I've never been an employee of Eclipse, uh, which doesn't mean I don't love them and I'm not super close to them. But I've just when when I went out on my own. Um, it was I had a company for 10 years called Disconnected Promotions and Disconnected Media. I always wanted to do other stuff, other video production and marketing stuff besides paintball. Mm-hmm. Not that I didn't like paintball, but so it was it was an agency client relationship and it still is. So that was, you know, it was my own little production company and Eclipse was my favorite, you know, biggest, most important client. Right. But yeah, it was one of those like I'm, te- you know, I'm not based in Rhode Island. I'm not based in Manchester. Um, you know, it was, it was contract work, but I mean, gosh, I've been with Eclipse for like 11 years, almost like a, in a weird way, almost like a sponsored player. Right. You know, and in a lot of ways too, you know, I've done some small projects for other companies that weren't necessarily a conflict. Um, you know, did some stuff for Ninja here and there when, cause you know, Eclipse doesn't make a, a, a bottle or whatever. I mean, I couldn't imagine working, doing paintball work for anybody else. Yeah. Like I have a pretty small interest in. Although, you know, obviously I have really good friends in the industries at other places, but, um, I mean, Eclipse would have to not want to do stuff. And then I would be like, oh, I guess I still, I still like doing paintball stuff. Who might want to work together? Um, but yeah, so I had my own production company, um, from 06 until 2015. And then, uh, I got bought by, and, and put on staff by a digital marketing company that's based here in Omaha. Um, called B2 Interactive, all about like web design, SEO, you know, Facebook ads, blah, all, all, all that stuff that is digital marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a social media marketing agency called Herdat. And then what they decided to do, because video is like incredibly inv- valuable in digital marketing. So they wanted to have like in-house film and video Typically, what they would, what that industry would do is it's like you tell a client you can do a video, and then you go to the Rolodex and you just call some random subcontractor and like, hey, you're a production company, yeah, uh, and it turns into a dumpster fire most of the time. Lots of stuff gets lost in communication. So our owner's really cool guy, Bill Hepsher and, and Brandon Taylor. They were like, no, dude, if we were gonna offer this, like, kind of like in an Eclipse way, like we want to have experts about this. I'm not just gonna like make a gun and like not have a jack wood. Right or Flash that knows what the hell we're doing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they decided they wanted uh, to do a, fi- uh, a films division, and you know, in, in video marketing, heard out, heard out films. Um, everybody's kept working together. Eclipse didn't matter. Um, they were like, I don't care, dude. If same team gets to work on the stuff, it doesn't really matter where we send the check to. It doesn't who 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 we make it out to. So that's been since um, the fall of 2015. 
So like uh, the Dynasty film 15 and then the new Impact film, Holy Grail, plus a bunch of the little stuff that we've done in between them are all technically on the Herd Out Films banner. That's cool. That's cool. And now, now talking a little bit about the uh, the Impact film, wh- how do you, like, what what is your process of, like, making a film like that? Do you have... Um, do you have a basic like storyboard in your head of how you want to do it, and then, then do you start shooting and then kind of collecting um, uh, soundtracks, or do you kind of have a soundtrack in your head and you're kind of cutting film to that in in your head? You know, you know what I mean. Like you, let's say you, you like a certain song and you go, this would be a cool clip, or this would be a cool cut for this song, this beat, whatever. How do you how do you kind of do that whole process? Um, so with the impact film, or I guess any of them, they, they kind of start with the treatment and, and honestly, man, we've gotten more sophisticated and professional about it as time goes on. And I've been doing this, you know, at first it was a bit of fucking haphazard. Like, I don't know. Just do it. <laughs> Just see what happens. So make an aftershock movie. What are we doing? I don't know. Let's figure it out, Brad. Um, <laughs> you know, you start to become a little bit more professional. Um, it typically starts with a treatment, which is like a couple page, you know, kind of standard for a documentary. Um, what's the film about, you know, what's the major, like, what are you trying to achieve? What are you kind of trying to get, to get in there? Um, you know, as far as our process, when you're, you're talking about sponsored athlete films, you'll kind of sit down, we'll sit down with the clips first and be like, okay, like who, who's a priority? Like, like, you know, whatever, who's, who's got something going on right now, who maybe haven't we worked with for a while. Um, and you start to kind of figure out like what that story will be, Mm. uh, you know, impact was even coming off 2015. In, in, in a way, the general sense of the impact one was maybe a little not as uh, um, hard to find. Um, you know, I think Jacko coined the, the title of the film Holy Grail, and we were talking about it last spring, where we were just a little like, "Hey, look, you know what? At this point, the only thing left for them to do is really win a World Cup." Right. They were ever known as kind of like, "Oh, they're just a, they're." best bunch of guys in the world and they just always finished second well they kind of got over that hump obviously and started smashing dudes won some series championships the one that kind of kept escaping them was winning the world cup mm-hmm. so we we're like okay so holy grail kind of kind of write that up um as far as music stuff goes um you know when we go into post-production you you will start to be like um okay, I have a scene. I need the scene to be this. Um, I need people to, I, I want people to feel this or that about it. You know, it's whatever the, as a basic, like we lose to aftershock. It's sad. Okay. Like what <laughs> listening to that fits this. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's a little bit more nuanced than that, but yeah, you, you go through. Um, so like this, this film, I think the first song, um, and I'll do this a lot. Like I started with the end, like you got to stick to, you know, Maddie always says that you got to stick the landing. Mm-hmm. So the angels and airwaves was the first song that I picked and the first, and I was like, cause I knew the kind of mood and the, the tempo. I knew what I wanted to do with the finals. And, and it's gotta be that culmination of like what you were talking about earlier with like Tiff or somebody watching it as to be like, I'm on the, ah, oh, okay. It, it delivers. So you needed yeah. a big, huge, epic swinging song. Um, and then that's how I'll do. I'll kind of bounce around. 
Um, and then I'll kind of maybe take a little temperature of the room, so to speak, of like, oh, holy shit, we've got eight scenes. They're all dubstep. <laughs> Can't have that. Um, yeah. We have to go. Um, you know, the music stuff's interesting, man. It's changed a bunch. Um, not in a good way. Like, like just to kind of show you, um, if you if you watch that film, do you remember the semis against AC Dallas? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a band called Neck Deep. That's like classic the shit that we do, right? Yeah. Like, and it's just fucking. It's a punk rock song. It's yeah. got great. Lyrics. I love that stuff. Uh, I love. I mean, that started with. Um, I can't remember if the clip or the song came first, but I saw where Keith fucking blasts that dude. He cyclops that guy going down the stage. Mm-hmm. And then I ran, a, I must have had that first. And then in sampling music, it's got the lyric, like, it's all fun and games till somebody gets fucked up. Boom, put that in there. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, if you remember our old work, like Jawbreakers used to be like 15 songs like that. Yeah. Uh, dude, I have to shoot for 20 years now to do that. Like the way the game is played and the field designs are, you, you can't, like making that AC Dallas game work, holy crap, man just every i mean we can't get enough cameras on the field yeah to be able to produce enough dynamic content how many do you have on the field uh just two Two i can't have i'm not allowed to have more than two really yeah yeah you're limited to um which is okay i don't necessarily want to sound like i'm bitching but it's just the reality yeah uh we can have up to two cameras on the field and i can be in the pit um, and then we license to use the um, webcast in that kind of sports film break and thing. But yeah, so, so that's what I'm limiting to. Whereas like, and dude, there was a period of time there. Like we got super close with, with Dirt and Rob and those guys. We were fucking sharing footage like mad. Like, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you would maybe have technically like five cameras because <laughs> like, because we're using them in such different contexts. Um, and Rob's been a good friend of mine for years and it was like, yeah, it was a, it was a, an efficient way to get extra coverage. So it was like, okay, well here's me and Brad. And then Rob's like, cool, well here's me. And then Kakuza and blah, blah. And so you would, mm-hmm. would share, but yeah, so it just like, um, and then the cameras themselves, like when you're shooting the super slow-mo, what a lot of people don't know, don't understand is the camera buffers once you record. Mm-hmm. So you're down for almost 20 seconds <laughs> live while it's happening. So like you make, you make your badass move that we always love to see. It's like, yep, there's Carl on the run. <laughs> you know, we hit in essence, it's almost like printing it. So like we hit print that camera's not usable for the next 20 seconds. Yeah. So we're kind of like, oh, I hope the point doesn't end. I hope I don't miss anything. I hope. So being able to do those highly, highly dynamic clips with almost no slow-mo and just it, it just we, we'd have to shoot you know it would take almost the whole season you know that's the other thing people kind of forget about a lot of pat's work he would shoot forever man um you know he would be in he would be in production for like a year Jeez. almost two on some of those things um because you know getting especially the stuff he does a lot of that beautiful cinematic stuff those don't just grow on trees there's not 200 of them uh, per, per tournament, there might be five. 
Yeah, um, and just like uh, how how paintball is like a game of angles, it has to be the same way by shooting it. You know, you, with multiple angles. If you're always at the same position the entire time, whenever you're shooting something uh, with a camera, I mean, it gets very repetitive and very absolutely. draining. It, absolutely, and it's super frustrating, man. And and again, we talked about that analogy earlier, where it's like. Um, so some of Pat's earlier work was an era where paintball was a little bit more artistic and the fields were different all the time. I mean, man, we show up and we're like, all right, um, if I go here, if I, I mean, a lot like you guys as players are like, all right, well, if I post up here, I got three shots, mm -hmm. but I got three shots. I got this, I got this, I got this. Okay. Here's the jib. Well, that's going to knock out 10 shots. I can't get there. Okay, um, there's this big dumb bunker here. Like, all right, that's not happening. Um, yeah. I can't go the back line. Mm, all right, y you know, you just start getting these like, wow, man, it is hard. And then I feel like you guys as players, just because of how that field di dictates to you. I mean, you you would be shocked how many times I get a notes from Leds where he's like, repeat breakout. I'm like, nope, no, it's not. I mean, it is. <laughs> but like it's technically not the same shot yeah dude keith broke out to that can 11 times and it looks almost exactly the same you know whereas mm -hmm. like um and again good bad and different i'm not even trying to but but it is just just different 10 years ago your breakouts there, there would be a lot more variance somebody would do something like they wouldn't necessarily all look so similar mm-hmm uh, so, so that stuff gets challenging. It's not as hard, as big a deal if you're cutting a two, four, two to four minute kind of like cool event highlight reel. But like when you're trying to do like a long form documentary, ooh, yeah, that gets a little bit. Yeah. Like I, I, I mean, I felt our footage in this one. I was like, man, I wish we would had some more angles. I wish we had had some more. You know, it's kind of, you know, it's also hard too. Like you guys ultimately don't play a lot of points anymore. Yeah, I mean that's true. So you you think about that, man. Like, I think you guys beat Impact in the film what four three? Yeah. That's seven breakouts that I get to choose from. Mm -hmm. think, now think about old X ball, old old X ball, right? Oh my god, that was what twenty minute halves, twenty yeah. minute halves. That meaning meaning two, and yeah, just oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Played so oh, much. The Russians, Russians beat them nineteen to three. <laughs> okay, I got some different. Like, got a couple looks. Yeah. Uh, it's a different so game. Yeah. It's a different yeah, game it's, now. It's just different, and that's okay. Think things change, but um, but yeah. So so like, I I can't cut a whole film. I'd have to, you know, I'd have to have three years of budget to be able to to cut an entire film with that much. Uh, dynamic to it. I still, you know, but it's, it's, it's kind of people expect it from us and I still really enjoy it. So I always try to get like, one scene like that in there at least. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's pretty hard to do, to, to do something um, to make, to make a whole film like that. So when I'm picking music, I know now not like I can't pick 10 tracks like that. Right. Yeah, yeah, you gotta kind of spread them out. If you, if you do have a couple like that, you gotta kind of spread them out and use them sparingly and where they're deserved almost. Yeah. In the film. For, for whatever reason, that AC game had a lot of fast movement in it, and I was like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, this one will lend. 
you know, and then that's another element is how those teams, um, it almost went to your game. Yeah. I used it, but it wasn't, it wasn't the right tone. It was the right tone for how you guys play. That's what, why I always love shock. Cause it's just, you know, I think as long as there's a shock, there'll be an element of not giving a fuck and you're supposed to die running forward, which I like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, it, but for the story, it wasn't right because ultimately, like, you beat them. Mm. And, you know, as a, kind of in that context, you're the bad guys. Mm, well. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're supposed to be – that is supposed to be a, a bit of an oh shit moment. Like, genuinely, where you're like, holy crap, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to choke again, are they? Um, so I can't have this super fast, happy pop, you know, pop punk song uh, that's just bad, bad storytelling. But you guys play a style of paintball that I could have done that to. Um, for whatever reason, there was a lot of movement in the, in the AC game. So, Well, I mean, that's how I run all of my routes is so that you get a, enough cuts and angles. Thank you, Carl. So that I can be in the film more. <laughs> Carl, I want you to go D2. No, 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 dude. I can't do that. Dan's not over there. I need Dan's to at there. D4. So I'm going to have to go to D4. So I'm not stopping. So, you know, just deal with it. I'm going to the snake all the way off the break. Oh, dude, I don't know how I'm still doing it, man. It's, I'm 31 now. That's crazy, dude. I know, and I'm still going snake off the break and going, doing all this crazy shit, and I just... But, but the thing is, though, it's like my son motivates me, right? My, my wife motivates me. My family motivates me. I motivate myself. And I, as long as my body can keep up with everything... Because it's not, it's not fucking easy doing what we're doing. I mean, we make it look easy, right, with the sliding. I mean, it took me a while to figure out how to manipulate my body in a position to where I can hit the ground. I don't even want to say hit the ground. Slide onto the ground, <laughs> moving yeah. as fast as I can into a bunker, and then pop up and, and, you know, start playing the game. So there's so many small, intricate things that go into playing professional paintball where it's, where it's almost like rhythmic right so like sliding and diving and coming up and shooting and and just the whole progression of the game is very rhythmic and that's how i feel like i play um is it might look very chaotic but if you slow it down like you do in the in films you, you there i can i'm almost subconsciously in control of my body and steps and how i'm manipulating all that well, dude, remember, remember Durder short bus. Mm-hmm. Anybody, anybody who thinks it's easy needs to pull up those old Durder short buses, right? <laughs> Which are just dudes like stabbing themselves, doing dives, like all the worst. Like it's yeah, it's freaking super hard what you guys do. Um, you look so fucking violent though, man. I just I love it. You, you're physically there's something about like especially in fast motion, man. It's just so aggressive and athletic. Like it's. What's cool for us, again, I guess speaking as a, a, a fan slash filmmaker, now is there are, you know, and again, it's kind of back to that skate thing. I think there's a real sh- small handful of guys who move in such a distinct way. You could put them in any jersey. You could put them in any place on the field. You could change what, you know, head headwear you're, you're wearing. You could be in a not clear visor, and I would know it was you. Mm-hmm. I would know it's Alex Frazier. I would know it's Ryan Greenspan. Right. I would probably know it's Archie. Like they move themselves in in just just the way. Like I don't know, man. It's very dynamic. Um, it's uh, it's almost a style. Know. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I've, you know, I've never really been a, a you know, I've never really been a championship player. I've, 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 I've never won championships. I've, I've won some paintball tournaments, um, but I, I think that's kind of where I, I got my name in paintball from. Are those big moves or the way I did certain moves? Uh, obviously, my speed, but if I were to just run down the field recklessly and just get blown up all the time, then I would just be the guy that gets up and runs and gets his head blown off, you know? So there's always, there's always a method to the madness. And I think that's kind of where I got my name, my name in the game. Yeah, I would, I would definitely, I mean, if you're just the dude who dies off the break all the time because you're trying to go really far, like, doesn't matter how fast you are. Like, yeah, that's not gonna, um, yeah, that's not that's not gonna make a big difference, man. But yeah, it's like it's distinctively it's like oh yeah, we're cool. We're shooting Carl this game. Okay, this is gonna look, um, you know, this is this is gonna look cool. I mean, we're doing visual storytelling. Like, I, yeah. I, yeah, you want somebody that that has like something dynamic to them, and and I think that um, you know, it's such a hard game. It's such a hard game to understand. It's such a hard game to follow because there's not one focal point. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you can grasp onto if you're a casual observer or you're new to the game is like, that dude looks cool. <laughs> that guy got up and like, holy shit, like he's so fast. I didn't even see him get up and then like go come over and shoot that guy. Met, you know, oh, that was cool. Yeah. Like that's very um, – the, the nuanced technical paintball – is much harder to, to make story. interesting. Yeah, and I just I think I think less accessible. Yeah, um, and, you know, it's just my opinion. Maybe I, maybe I'm wrong, but it's a lot harder to to you know ex- express that, and it's not as um, just it's not quite as exciting. Yeah, and, and I think that's my style too. Is like um, everybody's shooting a fuck ton of paint. I'm still, I'm still only carrying four pods on my back and, but I'm still getting down the field and, but it all comes down to, um, you know, accuracy, timing, knowing when to move, kind of knowing what you're doing, having the wheels, you know, kind of run in your head of what you want to do before you do it. And it's kind of what, um, what I explain to the new kids on, on, or not, not even new kids, new guys. Cause a lot of those guys, they're like 27 and up, you know, 30, 31 years old, like myself, 28 years old, but, um, they've been divisional players, but they kind of grew up in, in a divisional way where they, they shot their guns all the time. Like I grew up watching, uh, people shoot autocockers and then intimidators slowly come into play. But I, I, I grew up where, Accuracy came first, right? Not not accuracy by volume, but you know accuracy by a couple balls. And even if I don't hit you, but I can make you flinch, that's perfect for me because then I can just do a quick zip, and I'm into right. the next bunker or something like that. So, you put them in, you go do what you need to do. Yeah, exactly. And that's what um, I think has been my best suit has been uh, my been my accuracy and being able to make those quick moves. And even if I'm not, I might not be getting all the kills out there or, you know, being a stat leader or anything like that. But I feel like if I can be a thorn in your side and I can let my guys do, do all the work, then I'm doing my job. So, I mean, that's kind of how I base my play on. I'll, I'll get up in your face and I might not shoot you 
and then all of a sudden you're getting shot in the side of your loader or your pack because we also have a snake guy now coming down the field and yeah. or vice versa. And that's where I think paintball gets really a, a lot like some traditional sports and some really cool elements and interesting part of it is that kind of like, you know, um, you're, you're kind of like, um, minus the, the foot injury this year, like a Julio Jones, like a, a receiver that you're like, fuck dude, I have to know where is Carl on the field and what are we going to do with him? Mm. And like, with the opportunity, like you look at the success, you know, I'm a huge fucking sports nut. So I always make a lot of analysis. <laughs> like yeah. look at Gabriel kid rise up for Atlanta out of the way, like that slot receiver, um, who carried my fantasy team. Um, but cause they're like, well shit, I got to put two guys on Julio Jones. Um, they got two good running backs. I got to account for this. It allows another weapon. So, uh, unfortunately, I also had Julio Jones for a lot of the season who had some shit year. Yeah. But because of that, there's that dynamic. So that kind of like, okay, like I can, I can see for you guys, um, somebody's going to scheme, especially probably now with, with the turnover in your team because you got a lot of young guys and it's going to give some cool opportunities to those younger guys. Mm-hmm. Teams you play are going to know, okay, where is Carl? What do we want to do with him? And how, how do we want to – how do we want to manage him? Yeah. But by doing that, they're going to create other opportunities that it's just going to see if you guys can, can take advantage of. And, and that's, what's cool in, in team sports, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, what's going to be great about uh, aftershock this year is that we're, we have a group of guys that are so hungry that, that want to win so bad. And yeah, let's say they do focus on me. That gives other, the other guys, like you said, the opportunity to take advantage of the opportunities. And that's what I've, I've stressed to these guys over the weekend was that you know you guys on the pro level there there are windows but the windows are this big and they they go like this they open and close all the time and it's knowing when to poke your head through or make a move or you, you set your timing up and that's I think that's what makes the pro level different than all the different levels is that uh, one the shots are a lot better guys are a lot better gunfighters um but two those windows have opportunity open and close so fast and if you do not recognize them it guys like nick laval or or alex goldman or and they will be in your face or put two on your back and be down the field before you know it and if referring back to uh your film holy grail that is how i feel we beat impact that tournament is that we did what they were doing to everybody else. They were in their face. They were in everybody's face. They were beating everybody to the punch. And that's how I personally went and approached that game is that if we can fight fire with fire, then if, and we can put them on their heels and keep them on their heels, we will be successful. You also had a really good fucking team that really underperformed. um, Oh my God. Don't even, I don't even want to start. It's, it was ridiculous, dude. But but that, then again, it goes back to the off-the-field shit. If if you're not gelling as a team off the field, yeah. it's going to reflect on the field. Yeah, as much as you put a, a, a roster together of – because, I mean, you run up in that. I mean, I know he didn't – well, yeah, I guess they were kind of gone by – but did, did Ronnie play Cup with you guys or was he gone mm-hmm. by then? No, he was there. Yeah, it just LJ was gone. Yeah. But, yeah, you, you run up and down. So, I mean, that was a good, that was a good team. That's a question, man. Honestly, I don't think I've ever asked you this. 
does it like because you know we kind of have to do this and we all also have to amplify and sell it a bit like mm. is it cringeworthy when you guys hear like you know the whole setup for i think it says that somewhere in that aftershock scene like maddie is doing the like a team that's underperformed like are you just like fuck these dudes <laughs> no i mean you can you can't uh you can't blame anybody for telling the truth yeah i mean it because ultimately you're the one that is either hurt by it or you you kind of just take it in. I mean, it is what it is. It's the, it's the truth, right? We underperformed. We had the talent. We had the egos, not not the guns, but the the heads. Uh, but I was shooting LV one because they're fucking awesome, dude. I I still get giddy every time I pick up a damn LV one or the L, my LVR now. Um, and shoes, but that's a that's a whole different. That's another thing. But anyway. Um, those the guys that we had and the group of talent that we had, I think it was almost just bigger than what we were, right? So we had all these guys who had names um, who individually are great paintball players, but there are teams out there professionally that have a great group of talent, but as a team, does not work. Doesn't work. Yeah. And that's what—that's essentially what we were. Nobody believed, or everybody believed that we could do it, but function, the functionality of it um, I, wasn't. I just really thought you guys would make a finals at least, because my thought, my thought process was, okay, they made top four at Cup, and then they just at, after 2015, and then they just added Carl. Carl's mm-hmm. coming back. Fuck. Okay, this could be a. But and again, like that's what's fun about sports. Probably not as fun for you athletes. But you see it like remember the Eagles dream team from like three years ago? They got all those badass free agents. They had the you know the best signing in every position. You know, Vince Young called them the dream team, and they just absolutely shat the bed. Like that's why they play the games, man. Um, you know, and it's one of the things too that like I mean, Im- Impact runs a pretty impressive, you know, organization. Like, Very professional. So well. Um, you know, I think that, and and they're they're interesting, man. I mean, um, you look at, and again, I think we kind of touched on it in the film. Um, everybody knows Mouse is a fucking s- superstar, right? Mm-hmm. But you look at like, I think Rainey was a pros pro. Everybody knows he's been good at paintball for a long time, yeah. but he's not a, a guy that you see a ton of. You had seen a ton of jerseys around. You know, Nick Laval was kind of a like. I don't think Nick was a household name. Um, you know, 187 is kind of like a smaller team. So it's interesting. Like they picked up those dudes. Um, you know, Impact didn't go the straight route of every, you know, give me – Keith Brown was another – like Keith was pretty good, but it's, he wasn't the first guy that you would think of on damage and he was a young mm-hmm. dude. And it's just interesting. They picked up all those dudes and they're just they, – you know, they're kind of flourishing now. They're kind, they're kind of crushing. It wasn't a – even though they have them now with like Dalton and stuff, but mm. it wasn't just simply they went out and grabbed. I mean, you were a free agent in that time period. Like yeah. there's a bunch of different, they just didn't, didn't grab, or at least for it to work. Um, they had to bring in some of those guys and, 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 and kind of fit where they're going. And, and like you said, you know, that's, what's interesting about, um, about athletics and, and team sports, man. It's, it's an all, it's an alchemy, right? You know, it's yeah. got to, mixed up right and and sometimes it just doesn't work Mm -hmm. oh and that's paintball every off season there's always 
always roster changes happening somewhere, but it's then they're always not for the better. And and unfortunately, I I don't want to say I'm the cause of what happened to aftershock, but it sure does seem like it. Just just because uh, you know they did so well uh, that that 2015 season, um, and then I came along, and I don't know if it was guys thinking that they weren't going to play as much now or or really what it was but did they have a good year or just a good cup i'm trying to remember i i think they had a halfway decent year but they didn't really make sunday i don't think very much but the thing is i think they were going they were the games that they were losing i think they were losing by a point overtime uh shit like that and but they they played really well um in that 2015 season and and goes to show also we're talking about roster changes when i played for for x factor i didn't really fit in with those guys because they were such a tight-knit group and it's hard to break into a group like that well dude that's really funny because that's our next film oh really yeah um yeah you're talking about that yeah called best kids in texas um and it's really like it's it's It'll be different. It'll have the most archival footage of anything we've done. It's kind of like a biopic. It's probably the least tied to like a current tournament event type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but and it is like that's a huge element for them. And I can see that must have been a difficult like um, they're kind of the last of an era, man. Like if, if you think about and I, and I think it's also kind of interesting to think about where pro paintball will go because of this. I feel like X Factor is the last kind of of island of that kind of made the dynasty model and of like you know what me and my boys that are all from around here let's go play and like let's try to fuck up your boys let's see what happens like they're the you know if you look at them they have the most um continuity on their roster as compared to like three five seven nine years ago like like now some of those guys have gone and come back but they're a lot and, and they're all kind of from that part of texas but um that kind of isn't it's just kind of not how it is anymore mm-hmm. um, it's kind of going a, a, away and that's even maybe not necessarily a bad thing that's just kind of just kind of how it is they, they've had a, a couple outsiders work here and there um uh, yeah i'm sure it's incredibly difficult to to break in I mean, you know, you're talking about guys like Dixon and Archie have been together since fucking Fuel, man. And, yeah. and Dick, like they must such have their own language and, and then try to plug into that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was shot. tough. It was tough. But, you know, everything happens for a reason and it ended up not working out. Nothing against Alex. I mean, such a stand up guy and so down to earth. And he's, he'll tell you how it is. And yeah. I respect him 100% for uh, for the decision that he made. It's just if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, right? So, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, like that goes to show just how different players uh, affect different teams or the the gelling of a team. Or and going back to aftershock of now, I, I love it. I, I love being in the position that I am as far as like being this being this kind of uh, leader role, but also I'm trying to gain the respect and the trust of those guys at the same time, because I've never played with those guys before besides this last event. And as each game went on during the tournament, we came together more and more and more and more. 
and I don't the the scores don't really show how well I feel like we were playing. We were making mistakes. Don't get me wrong. We're still a new team, but I feel like they were becoming fewer and far between, and it was it was exciting. It was fun, hands down, fucking fun. And there there were times if you go back and look at the webcast, we were actually smiling and laughing sometimes when we were down a point or two and then all of a sudden you would see us come back and tie the game and we would still be smiling having a good time fucking yell at each other every once in a while but bring it back bring the level back to where it needs to be and it's all a learning curve but it was it felt like something that i've never felt before on a team uh like this this trust and this 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 desire to want to win and to want to win in that jersey and to win for uh, and believe in in Bruno and the coach and in each other. It was just I have such a good feeling with this team. I, you know, I don't I don't want to jinx it or anything, but it's something that I haven't felt since the excessive Avalanche days, um, things like that. So I'm I'm really really excited for it. Were you? on the other side of that coin in those days, and especially the excessive days. And it's interesting for you now that you're on the other meaning, um, you know, obviously with, with the excessive days, you, you, you weren't like the veteran leader that people were looking to. You were one of these younger kids that was, is it, is it cool now for you being in the other, other side of that? Yeah. Going back to, uh, to Matty Marshall again and his in his sayings, but I remember sitting down on the couch. I forget what tournament it was, but I I was like I think eighteen, eighteen or nineteen at the time, and he said one of these days you're going to be having this conversation with a eighteen, nineteen, twenty year old, and it's going to be the same thing. It's it's like hey, this is what you're going through. You got to step up here. You got to do this. This is this is paintball and this is professional paintball and he told me i'm gonna have this conversation with somebody and i and i have i've had i've had it multiple times and now being in this position you know i'm excited to to do it again so it's it's you you brian mckinna and you know nick i saw you know slowly i came back and played with you guys and then it's all divisional it's all it's all first time pros yeah it's uh mike kerr nick pez and lj Parrish from distortion and then uh, J.J. Williams, uh, Ryan Rodarte, and uh, did I say Mike Kerr? No, yeah, Mike Kerr's from Distortion. I think that was. I think we rolled with eight guys. Yeah. Um. So, and I think we're gonna keep it that way. Possibility of Danny Chiljack. He he wasn't able to make it to Vegas, but um, he's kind of on on the fence right now. But uh, we're just gonna kind of see how it is. I think we're gonna stick with uh, around eight guys. Is it a bit? Was it a big deal for those kids to like make a pro debut with an aftershock jersey on? Like, was that a big thing for them? Oh, 100 percent. Half the guys on the team, this was it was their dream to wear the jersey, and then to go out in Vegas and compete against those uh, uh, infamous and Impact, and then win against Uprising and have that first game win. Uh, they're on cloud nine, but then they they slowly realize that this is just the uh, tip of the iceberg. Sure. But so, dude, that's an interesting thing. I think with where pro paintball is and where it's going to go, it's so it's so unique, and it's in such this weird spot. Um, I was thinking about this before we went on, right? Like, there's there's two professional franchises, 
two and a half with, I'll say, Infamous is the half, and I'll get back to them in a second. But I feel like there's two, Iron Man and Aftershock. And what I mean by that is from a pro sport model, team, city, logo, colors, history, right? But like a full understanding that like nobody expects Billy Saransky to be on that team. Nobody expects <laughs> Youngblood to come out. Nobody expe- expects Benini or Matt Marshall to wear the Iron Man jersey. They're all, but there are fans and then young, those aspiring players mm-hmm. that, um, it, about wearing that jersey, much in the same way that you would have a kid who grew up in Chicago um, and got drafted by the Cubs and was able to make his pro debut pitching for the Cubs, right? Right. Um, but there's only a couple of those. And then you still, we just haven't transitioned yet, and it'll be interesting to see what happens in maybe three, five, seven years. Dynasty, X-Factor, Impact, they're still rooted in the guys who founded the team. And in right. that, which again is almost in an escape vibe, and in that kind of like whatever is like, oh, dude, Rodney Mullins leaving Pal Peralta? Like, fuck, I'm not into that anymore. Like, where's he going to go? And you get that kind of, and so it'd be kind of interesting to see like, what's dynasty look like? Is there a dynasty even when Alex and Ryan and Yosh don't play anymore? Is there, and what's that fan base? And and there there probably will be, it probably just hasn't evolved that way. But again, I just think it's kind of interesting. We're in this middle. um, I I put infamous as a half because I think they're super interesting. Mm -hmm. Are they still technically called Los Angeles infamous? think so isn't that asinine it's I just, ridiculous. yeah i just know them as, as infamous <laughs> <laughs> but that's a midwest i mean they're fucking midwest guys dude right. they're grinders who I, I you know i'm super happy that eclipse has those guys back you know travis is the only founding guy they've been through a bunch of different incarnations and a bunch of different fan base you know la originally because that's what made sense mm-hmm. for the user marketing and chris lasoya was there and stuff like that but yeah i mean travis is in detroit as it comes man he's a yeah. midwest everybody's in in that image so there's like no city tied to it so you have the infamous fans so yeah that that's a little bit in there but it'll it'll be interesting in five years if it goes full-on trad sport where you're like hey i i don't care that nobody on houston heat except ryan lives in houston i don't i don't have that Mm -hmm. tie or if just paintball so uniquely tied that you won't have a full uh, you know, a, a full plate where it's like that, where it's just like, yeah, this is my team and I, I don't care. doesn't matter that the guys aren't from there. It doesn't matter that the guys don't live there. I don't know. It's just kind of, it's kind of interesting to me. Yeah. Well, I, one thing I do like about shock now is like, except for Mike Kerr and Nick Pez, where they're, we're all based out of the Midwest. Yeah. So, and that's that whole, you know, St. Louis Avalanche. Or, yeah, and there you go, St. Louis Avalanche. Headquarters in Kearney, Nebraska. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, but it's it's um it's gonna be interesting because those guys, uh, like you were talking about on Dynasty, those guys are getting close to possibly retiring soon. But hell, Alex, uh, I think he didn't even suit up for yeah. Sunday, or at least the finals. Yeah. Um. And, you know, I don't have too many more years left in me. Um, I want to say that I do, but, I mean, this game is rough on you. And I 
I got a little one and I, I want to make sure that I'm able to, uh, to walk and play around with him and wrestle with him when he's old enough. So, I mean, I do now, he doesn't really put up much of a fight, but I win every single time. <laughs> he doesn't have a chance. Way too easy. Yeah, I mean, it'll, but it'll be interesting just to see, and, and I'm sh- I'm sure they will. Obviously, the game has changed, but that they stick around because because think about like um, weird man, like back to push, right? Kind of the band analogy that Ed Portman made a long time ago. It's weird, man. Pro paintball teams historically are almost more like bands. Mm-hmm. Like you have that ir- avalanche doesn't really exist anymore. Like not in the you know you have strange. You have all lockout. You have those kinds of like they were they were this for a couple years. Mm-hmm. This is Trump. This was kind of their thing, and then you know they have that that period where they're having success and it's kind of working, and then it kind of it kind of falls apart and they become a like oh dude remember that one band oh my god they were so awesome like oh I was so lucky yep. I got to so and so you go back yeah. and watch videos and then you're back in yeah. it but then yeah it's just a memory at that point. Yeah, so it's, it is that like, oh, I saw the Ramones at CBGB's. Be like, oh, dude, I saw old school Avalanche play live. It was crazy. It was the, you know, it's, um, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, just the sport overall is a little less wild west now. Mm-hmm. So it probably is more likely that um, impact or that kind of stuff. Um, you know, dude, I was always interested to see. Um, I thought Vicious might stick around as an institution just because they had so much traction in the Midwest. Yeah. And in this part of the Midwest, um, I'd be like, Oh, that'll be interesting to see. Will they kind of like supersede when the guys don't want to do it anymore? Um, or, you know, like see Dallas would be an interesting, like, um, I, you know, I don't know. And I, I think that how those, I, and of course I bring that stuff up as like a storyteller for paintball, you know? So you yeah. start to think, um, cause a lot of what's interested me now, I mean, we kind of talked about it earlier. I think our content is going more and more like high level story. I mean, one of the things that we've gotten a lot of feedback on Holy Grail is a ton of people have commented about the archival footage and said like, dude, that was awesome. I think I liked seeing that more than some of the new stuff. How much more of that do you have? Do you have other, yeah. you know, and, there is this, got- so there's this one scene now you're talking about it. It's, I think it's like 2006 or it's, it's when, uh, uh, Zane and Zach and they're standing with Bart and, yes, and they're all like baby faced and everything. And Zane is sitting there and he like, he's like cheesing and he keeps looking at the camera and like looking at the camera and like, <laughs> this is hilarious. Dude, I think they're only probably like 15 at yeah. that 14, 15 at that time. That may have been, um, I think that was maybe the first video interview they ever did. I know there was that um, there was a piece that surfaced that ended up in the Ghost Sports. We did it, and I don't know if that was home footage or not. So that that's why I did say that's why in the piece I only said it was their first ETV. But I think that was their very first. Sammy's there with the camera. I'm giving them instruction. They're like, "Where do we look? Who do we?" Yeah. Um, you know, and I I don't know. I think it's I think it's cool now. At least you know, paintball's been around long enough that we can tell those stories and that like we have that footage and, and yeah. you know, we can do some of those things. Yeah. Well, I think that's a, a kind of a great spot to, to wrap it up. Um, I've again, um, I enjoyed the film. It's, it's Thanks, Holy man. grail. Um, Dan Napoli, 
always making great stuff. I, you know, I, I, I can't imagine a paintball world without Jawbreaker and the ETVs and everything that you've done. Um, I, I thank you. Thank you very much. Well, thanks, man. It's been great. We'll try. I mean, we just try not to suck, dude. I try, try to keep try to keep getting better every time and, 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 you know, keep it, keep it interesting, keep it a little different. Um, really try to pull in some other people. I mean, I got to give a lot of thanks to, um, to Todd Martinez, um, for like participating in the, our films. Um, cause it really adds, you know, I, th I think his commentary really adds to some of the stuff that we're trying to do, not from the webcast, but being able to sit down as an expert. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just, we just want to make cool sports films, man. I, that's what we're, um, you know, that's, that's what, what we're trying to do. And, and, you know, Eclipse got that early on, man. And they still like, um, it, they're just, they're just rad, man. I mean, like our discussions are like legit producer production companies discussions. Does this scene work? I don't know about this. I don't know how this guy's portrayed here. I don't know. And that's what you do in our business. Yeah. It's not make the logo bigger. You don't show the guns enough. Like we don't have those those kinds of discussions. So, you know, for those guys to commit to how important and you know, I think we've made like a I think we've made almost a dozen full length films for them. Yeah. Um like that's that. yeah, that's a lot of you know, committing uh, the two seasons of the roster, like they're hard knocks. Um, so, you know, I mean, we wouldn't be able, we wouldn't, we wouldn't make that stuff with, um, I know other companies are coming around to it and that's great. It's really cool. I think it's really good for paintball, but um, there definitely was a time period where if it wasn't for Eclipse, there would literally be none of this shit. Yeah. You know, DVDs crashed, Pat pieced out. Um, he, you know, he, he went on to be super successful doing super cool, um, you know, other stuff became a great integral webcaster, got the, really the, the pro paintball webcast going. Yeah. You know, Jerder Rob kind of started doing these things. All that stuff fell apart. And for a long time, like, Eclipse still committed to, like, no, like, you know. Need to make content. Yeah, we need to make paintball films. Um, and so, I, you know, I always want to make sure those guys get enough credit for that. Yeah. Well, Dan, thank you again. I really appreciate it. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to do this again sometime. For sure, man. Otherwise, I'll see you in Dallas. For sure, bud. We'll see you there. Thanks, Dan. Right, thanks, Carl. Later. See ya. Thank you so much to Dan. Uh, I had a great time, and that was an awesome interview. I'm, I'm so glad he was able to sit down and uh, and have a chat with me. I had a great time, and, uh, and I can't wait to see him around the circuit this year. Uh, again, thank you to Planet Eclipse and for letting me shoot the LVR, which is sweet beans uh make sure to visit planeteclipse.com to find all the best markers on the planet uh, also a big thank you goes to midwest clothing uh, they provide me with some awesome headgear uh, also with the very sweet make paintball violent again t-shirts all that neato coolo stuff can be found over at midwestclothingllc.com where you can type in capital tpop for your 20 percent off discount um, also brought to you by Vantrition. All my supplements I get from Vantrition 
the uh, the proteins, the pre-workouts, which is the preload, the reload, uh, recovery formula. I take all that great goodness, um, and they are local out of Cl Cleveland, which is awesome. Uh, if you type in capital T P O P, you can get 15% off your entire order. So thank you again to Vantrition. Uh, Vantrition.com. Make sure you head over there and check them out. Also brought to you by Carbon Paintball. Uh, I like I said before, I was I was uh, was able to wear their base layer, their their bottom um, pants, and which has like pads and everything in it. For uh, they have hip pads, and I I have nothing but great things to say about their product. It's it's high quality. It's a uh, very minimal, uh, like a minimalist. Uh, product, so there's it's not big and flashy. It just gets the job done. Uh, you can find all of that at CarbonPaintball.com, capital T P O P for your 15% off promo code. So thank you guys so much for joining me. I really hope you enjoyed yourself, and don't forget to subscribe on SoundCloud, on iTunes. Uh, my YouTube channel is Carl Markowski. My Facebook is Carl Microwave Markowski, and make sure to follow me over on Instagram, C Markizzle. All right, guys, we will uh, we'll be here next time with uh, the next episode. Make sure you tune in. Thanks for listening. See ya.